0: Welcome to China in Context, I'm Duncan Bartlett. It surely makes sense for a big country like China to strive to become more self-reliant, especially now its people have learned so many valuable business skills. The Chinese Communist Party is keenly promoting a strategy which it calls dual circulation to push for more goods and services to be developed in China serving domestic customers. That's one part of the circulation model, and it's combined with the idea that the Chinese economy will also benefit from trade with the rest of the world, just as it does now. The party takes the view that the state must play a central role in business activity. But can state entities thrive in a competitive environment? And isn't there a danger that by keeping the government as a guiding force, China risks becoming inward-focused or inefficient? Well, here to help us answer those questions is an expert on Chinese business who's written extensively on management. He lectures on these topics at SOAS, University of London. In fact, he's one of the key figures in the SOAS China Institute, which makes this podcast. I'm very pleased to welcome Dr. Unsuk Hong to the podcast. Unsuk let's start by looking at this phrase, dual circulation. It's a bit of political jargon, of course, but let's try to define it. The People's Bank of China has described dual circulation as a development paradigm. Can you explain what that means?
1: Oh, yes, Duncan. Uh, as you can easily assume, uh, the so-called China's dual circulation indicates an economic development strategy, combining both internal domestic circulation, such as domestic consumption, and external international circulation, uh, such as export, as major engines of achieving a sustainable long-term economic development. In more specific objective of China's dual circulation is actually to rebalance Chinese economy through expanding domestic consumption and focusing on Chinese domestic market also improving the country's productivity and capacity for innovation. So eventually reducing China's dependence on foreign markets and at the same time, remaining open to international trade and investment. As everybody knows, China has enjoyed one of the fastest growing economies in the world and has been a major contributor to world economic growth. However, the global financial crisis in 2008 made China to rethink about the sustainability of Chinese investment and export-oriented economic development model, which can be described as external circulation-oriented development model.
0: Well, I can see what you're saying here, that in the light of the global financial crisis, it does make sense from the Chinese government's perspective to try to become less uh, dependent on exports and foreign investment. What do you think are the geopolitical reasons are that lie behind this change in approach?
1: Uh, geopolitical reasons have played a very important role in shaping China's economic policy, aiming China more self-sufficient and less dependent on export and foreign investment. Uh, Not only the recent COVID-19 pandemic oriented global economic downturn and decline in demand, but also the ongoing China and EU trade war and US and EU trade restriction against Chinese technology firms such as Huawei make China to adapt a strategy and policy seeking more self-sufficient and less dependent on export and foreign investment. China's effort to make Chinese economy more self-sufficient is not just a recent initiative. When the People's Republic of China was established in 1949, the adapted China's economic development strategy was a heavy industry-oriented development strategy. Although at the time China didn't have a sufficient amount and level of required resource and capacity for developing heavy industries, The main reason why china adapted such a strategy using the so-called a planned economic system was heavy industries have characteristics of self-sufficient and self-circulation with the related upstream and downstream industries china believed that china could achieve an economic development using this strategy given the lack of international trading opportunities during the cold war period
0: Right, so China says that it wants to increase its active global participation, but I think this is probably more on its own terms rather than those set by the United States or by other countries. So, for example, China is seeking to encourage international cooperation through the Belt and Road Initiative. How do you think that China sees the role of other countries now in helping it to reach its economic goals?
1: Oh, you are absolutely right. Uh, The point you mentioned is one of the important factors behind the China-US trade war. In order to understand the full picture of the conflict, we should also understand the ideology of the rejuvenation of China. As you may know, China's rich and well-documented history of past achievement has served to give the Chinese people a strong sense of national pride. However, from the Chinese perspective, recognition of these past accomplishments is totally diminished due to the China's perceived lost century or century of humiliation by Western countries and Japan during Qing Dynasty and Republic of China between 1839 and 1949. This period was symbolically ended by the establishment of People's Republic of China in 1949. And since China reopened its doors in 1978, Chinese politicians have often leveraged on the Chinese sense of national pride with the concept of national rejuvenation as a familiar narrative to re-establish China's lost global power.
0: So one of the goals of dual circulation is to boost consumption in China, as you've explained. And I've noticed that as Chinese shoppers seem to have a bit more money, they often want to buy luxuries, and that means that they've got their eye on foreign goods, handbags, beauty products, and so on. I was thinking about ice cream. It's now possible to buy Hagen dazs ice cream in China, in boxes made with special shapes so that they look like pieces from a game of mahjong. That's a traditional game enjoyed by Chinese people during family reunions, especially at festival time. However, although those boxes look Chinese, hagen ice cream is made by an American food company, General Mills. So how does selling American ice cream in mahjong boxes relate to this idea of dual circulation, do you
1: think? First of all, we need to understand China's specific structure of domestic expenditure competitions. Alongside with a high level of dependence on export in China's GDP, China has one of the most unusual domestic expenditure competitions, showing one of the highest investment rate, but the lowest household consumption rate among major developed and developing market economies. One of the major drivers behind the rising imbalance between external and domestic, and also between investment and household consumption, is a series of policy, mostly in the form of subsidized to depress factor cost. These include RMB undervaluation, which makes made-in-China products are more competitive in the international export market, repressed interest rate, which technically subsidize China's banking system and corporate investment, subsidized costs for land, energy, and environment, and artificially low labor compensation, especially for rural migrant workers. Having said that, The implementation of dual circulation strategy is not a narrow economic policy. Instead, I'd like to understand this as a reflection of China's effort to rebalance the existing social, economic, and regional imbalance domestically and internationally. By doing so, the dual circulation strategy will not only provide a more sustainable domestic growth strategy for China, and but will also help with reducing global economy imbalance for all others. Of course, subject to fixing the above social, economic and regional imbalance, making the Chinese economy more open to foreign companies and make their business more relying on Chinese consumer, then in turn, it could give Chinese government more geopolitical leverage.
0: And there are some other concepts which are linked to dual circulation in China's National Development Blueprint. One is innovation-driven industrial systems, um, and the other is the development of rural areas. Let's look at them both um, briefly before we finish. Innovation, that's an important word here, isn't it?
1: Yes. Uh, Innovation has been widely regarded as the most important driving force for industrial catching up, economic growth, sustainable competitive advantage, as well as global sustainable growth. China has been continued to invest in science, technology, and innovation, aiming to tackle the so-called middle income trap, which usually refers to countries that have experienced rapid growth and therefore reach the status of a middle-income country in a very short period, but have not been able to further catch up with the group of high-income economies. By building innovation-driven industrial system through through circulation strategy, China aims to move upward in the global value chain as well as build a strong national innovation system in order to obtain the new power of sustainable socioeconomic development.
0: Finally, can you say something about the plans to develop China's rural areas?
1: Uh, One of the major legacies of China's way of export-oriented economic development strategy is income inequality between rural and urban areas. During the 1980s and 1990s, the political and economic agenda in China was dominated by concerns with economic competition growth, wealth creation, productivity, and efficiency. Despite the enormous economic achievement measured by China's GDP, China relatively has ignored social costs, environmental impacts, and income inequalities. Particularly, since the early 2000s, increasing rural-urban divide and the division between the rich and poor has posed the biggest uncertainty to Chinese society and Communist Party. Concern and anger from the grassroots level over inequality could undermine the Communist Party's authority and therefore given huge number of population in China's rural area, developing China's rural area is one of the important agendas in dual circulation strategy. Under the new policy, the Chinese government plans to invest more resources in building a modern rural circulation system and updating, upgrading information service and related infrastructure. By introducing more quality goods and service and advanced supply-side structural reform, China wants to narrow the urban rural consumption gap through stimulating rural consumption.
0: Unsuk, thank you very much for your deep insight into that topic. Even though dual circulation is a rather strange piece of jargon, you've helped to explain how it touches so many aspects of life in China. That was Dr. Unsuk Hong, who works with me at the SOAS China Institute, part of the University of London. And there are details of our courses and events on our web pages, soas.ac.uk. But for now, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team.